My name is Steve Gilman, and for decades I've been helping brands engage with their audiences. On this podcast, we'll connect the dots in the fast-paced world of branding by talking with entrepreneurs, leaders, and marketers on the front lines of telling brand stories. On this episode of Brand Story, we talk with Zane Gaziani, Senior Platform Producer and Community Manager for Gary Vaynerchuk, about going after what you want, the positive side of social media, and meeting challenges with enthusiasm. Welcome to the Brand Story Podcast. Today, my guest is Zane Gaziani. Um, Zane is the Senior Platform Strategy Producer on Team Gary V. I think the short version of that would be that Zane does community management and social media for Gary V. And, uh, you know, that's no small job. And it's a really cool job at that. So, hi, Zane. Steve, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. Yeah, I, you know, learning about your story and meeting you online and talking, and uh, I'm just so fascinated with how your career developed and how you got what you're doing today. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of your content online and just have a blast interacting with you. So thanks for being here, man. Yeah, of course. And that means a lot, man. It's been really fun to, I know this is our first time, obviously, meeting and, and talking face-to-face, but... It's been really cool just engaging with you and just talking with you in the DMs and on LinkedIn and, and seeing all your content too. I really appreciate all you do. Thank you, man. Yeah, we really enjoy it. You know, I was looking at uh, at your history and part of what, what we do on our podcast is we talk to people about their career journey and then we kind of segue into getting their advice on what they do. So r- right off the bat, you know, when I looked into your path, I noticed that your roots at what you did at UTD at University of Texas, Dallas, you really are kind of a natural community manager and connector of people. So do you, what do you think about that time and how it informs what you do today? Yeah, man, I think that's spot on. I was actually just talking to a really good friend about how, you know, I came to Team Gary and that's a whole different story we'll talk about with, with no real community management experience. But I got so much of that already in college, even in, during my time at Amazon, I had a couple of roles where I was leading people naturally, even when I didn't necessarily need to. And I think, yeah, it's just something ingrained me, you know, inside of me. You know, before I, before I went to UT Dallas, which is a, a local college here, uh, I graduated from high school here in Dallas, grew up in Dallas, went to college in Dallas. But, um, you know, when I went to college, I, I was a really shy guy. I was pretty, I thought I was introverted. And then there was something about when I got to college, I'm like, yo, this is a clean slate. I, I can really be whoever I want to be here, even though it's local and even though I know the area, but there's a lot of people here I just don't know. And I think I went all in, man. I got super involved with uh, Greek life with my fraternity. Got super involved on campus. Um, you know, if, if there was an event happening on campus, I was there and eventually became homecoming king. Like I just, I just got all in on the extracurriculars um, activities to the point where I was skipping class just so I could do more of that. And that's when I knew that I just loved being around people. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of my college experience too, in that I was so into theater and directing plays and doing all the extracurriculars and running an improv group that classes were cool, but they weren't the main reason I was there. You know, so yeah. I, I was always so much more interested in connecting with people and telling stories and and doing all that kind of thing. So good for you. So I think it's so interesting that you had that kind of experience in college and your first job. I know it was like kind of a search, but you ended up at Amazon. And that's kind of amazing, really. Yeah, that was wild, man. It um, even the way it happened was crazy, right? So, so you know, I was like a lot of people. I was graduating. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I applied to a couple of grad schools to be to for higher education to work at a university forever. I just thought it'd be fun, but because of my grades, because I was skipping class, uh, I didn't get in. And so I applied to five grad schools. All of them said no, uh, and I was just looking for different jobs. And sure enough, one of the one of the guys that I had hired to be on our orientation team, which is 
part of what I did in college. I was the person that was dancing and all that kind of stuff during those uh, university orientations in the summer. Um, one of the people I hired to be on my team, Sridhar, amazing, nicest guy in the world, we became really close and he was um, a couple years ahead of me. He graduated, we kind of lost contact, but when I was graduating, I saw that he was working at Amazon in Seattle at HQ. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, I see this role at Amazon. I don't have the best grades, but you know, maybe you can forward it to the, the right recruiter for me. Uh, if I can just get a, an interview, I think I could really do well here. And sure enough, I got a call a couple of days later from a recruiter and got hired about a month later. Dude, that's so cool. I think, you know, uh, not enough people in business. I'm glad you hit the right recruiter at the right moment because it's about the person, not about the grades, you know? Oh, 100%. oh man. And just like, I remember a comment you made that really spoke to me about, Hey, school is great, but I've learned more on YouTube. You know, and I feel the same way. I, I had an incredible college experience, learned a bunch, but YouTube is amazing. It's like a graduate school in your, on your phone. Dude, so true. YouTube, Google, Reddit. I mean, if I, even now with my current role on, on vFriends, which is a whole thing I know we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, but about NFTs and crypto and blockchain, I didn't know about any of this a couple months ago, but you know, even a project I did this morning for it, like I didn't know how to do it, but I just went on Google. YouTube took me two hours and I figured it out just by watching a couple more people that are more experts than I am. So the internet has everything for us. You just have to like take the time to learn. One of the things I always talk to, you know, our team here about and the things I really believe is that anyone that's a, a lifelong learner, someone that's really passionate about learning, those are the best people you can hang around with personally or just work with. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, I'm fo I follow you on social media and I'll see what you're, you know, cause you're pretty good at posting like, Hey, I'm learning this. I'm doing that. And like, I, I like follow your breadcrumbs and I'm trying to learn about NFTs and discord. And I got on the discord server and I'm like, okay, this is blowing my mind. I'm not going to be good at this <laughs> at first. So it's really a blast, man. So, uh, so you left Amazon, you read Amazon for about three years, I think three or four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. And then you left there, uh, and went back to Seattle, um, you know, and working at geocaching. And then that's kind of around the time, like the summer of 2018, you started listening to Gary V. Yeah, man, you've done your research. This is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you're spot on. I was at Amazon for about four years, moved around with Amazon, started, so, you know, I graduated from Texas, moved to California. I was working at one of the distribution centers as an HR rep, uh, then moved to Seattle, which is their headquarters, did recruiting there, mostly in the executive recruiting space. Then moved to Cleveland to launch Amazon's first Cleveland site. And like, I was doing a great job, you know, I was moving up the, you know, the corporate ladder, if you will, making higher salary. It was awesome. I was doing all the things that I thought I needed to do, but towards the end uh, of my career there, my last year at Amazon, I was miserable. And at the time I left because I felt like I was working too many hours, but come to realize many years later, it wasn't the hours. It was just spending too many hours doing things I didn't really enjoy or care about. Um, but anyways, yeah, I left Amazon. I miss Seattle, so I moved back to Seattle as another uh, for for geocaching HQ. This really small gaming company, eighty people um, was their was their HR representative there. Spent about another year and a half there, and like you said, I was really getting to Gary at this time. I'd been I discovered him maybe around twenty seventeen, but I got really into him uh, in in early twenty eighteen. Started watching him regularly and going back and watching his old keynotes that I missed. Right, that's so cool because you and I have that in common. I started getting into Gary Vee right around that time too, in a different way. Cause you know, I own my own company and you know, I didn't take all of his advice at first, but I have listened to everything he said. I, I rewatch his keynotes. I'm just, I'm a huge fan and you know, I love his scrappy entrepreneurship and I think you have that personality in common. You know, uh, I, I, I'm the same as Gary. I was just like, yeah, I'm starting my own company. I'm doing it. 
you know? So it's, uh, I think people like that are just fascinating and he's a brilliant dude. That's awesome. So, I, you know, I'm really interested in that time where you started listening to that. I know you got involved. I think it was like summer of 2018. You got involved in his Facebook community, the, mm -hmm. in your free time. So you're doing that on top of working and everything and, and became a moderator. And that's kind of cool. How did that, how did that come about? Yeah. So, so it was, yeah, summer of 2018, um, Gary and, and team Gary, the team I eventually ended up on, they launched a Facebook group called the person line Facebook group. Um, it's still around, still very active. If you want to go check it out, there's about 80,000 members in there. And, um, anyways, they just started it. I was one of the first people cause Gary had posted on thing on his Instagram story. I swiped up, I joined. And, uh, at the time team Gary were team members of team Gary were running it. And so, I just because like, you know, to your point earlier, just because of who I am naturally, I started engaging heavily on all the posts. I was encouraging members. I was celebrating uh, their successes. I was helping out where I could just as a normal member, just because I love the community. And, um, you know, a couple weeks later, Team Gary posted that they were looking for moderators to help them run the group. These are voluntary moderators that are already in the group. And um, a lot of people applied. It was actually open application. So there wasn't like a secondary source. It was just uh, a, a pillar post where everyone would apply with a video or a short paragraph of who they are. And uh, yeah, and I just kind of posted my short paragraph of who I was, essentially highlighting what I just told you and didn't think I would get it. And sure enough, about a month later, I was one of the four uh, moderators selected for, for helping run this Facebook group that I love so much. So, you know, I would go to my day job at geocaching, which was a great job. It was a lot of amazing people. I just didn't love it. But what got me through that was knowing that, hey, I'm going to come home at 5, 6 p.m. tonight and I get to moderate this group. And uh, I just loved it, man. I, I remember at one point I told myself, I'm like, I, I wish I could just have the feeling that I'm having in this Facebook group for my full time job. I need to find out what that job is, because if it exists, I need it. Right. Good for you. Like looking for that satisfaction and looking for trying to find to connect your passion to what you do every day. That's, that's really commendable. I mean, a lot of people, once they start working a job and the benefits are good and the, the ladder looks good, they just stay on that path. So good for you for having the guts, man, to take leaps. It's easy to do though. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to stay on that path it because is. like you, you just, you have the salary, you have the benefits and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I have so many friends that still work at Amazon, but even talking to a few of them, not all, but a few of them recently, they, they're not happy, but they're content enough and they're right. safe. Yep. And for whatever reason, I don't know whether it's my upbringing, whether it's just a ton of Gary content I watched over the years. Like, I don't know what it is, but being safe and, and content wasn't enough. I wanted to figure out what I could do to really be at 100%, you know? That's so cool. I think, you know, everyone needs different things. And I think some personalities and some people are just better at embracing change. They look at things changing as like, you know, when something changes for me, I know I have a lot of friends, they have great careers, they do great things, but when something changes, they look at it with fear. They're like, oh my God, this is changing. That's their first response, maybe even their second. And for me, it's always been, I may, I might just have something broken, but when, you know, when something changes, I'm always like, I always kind of perk up like, oh, cool. Here comes a challenge. This will be, yeah. Deep. Yeah. So I think some people are just naturally like that. And it kind of struck me that you are. Mm, that's a good point. I, I didn't, I never thought of myself as that. But I think as you walk me through it, I'm like, oh yeah, I love when things happen unexpectedly. That's that's kind of fun. It, it I know things are going to be different the next few days. It's going to be like I, I get really excited when I don't know what's about to happen. And I think with Amazon or geocaching, when I when I when I knew what was going to happen every day, it was a constant. Um, 
I got really nervous because because I was just afraid that that was going to be what I was going to be doing forever. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't kind of satisfy. It doesn't scratch that itch of constant mm. curiosity and learning. You know. Yeah. It's like you know we'll come to the thing about Discord after a while, but you know you just did this casual post of like, hey, I had to learn this whole new thing called Discord and it's a server and bots and all this stuff. I really think like even your attitude about that, I think a ton of people be like, oh my God, this was such hard work. Mm. This was so difficult. And your, your take on it was instant enthusiasm, you know, and that's just cool. I just, I just love that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about 2019 because you know, 2019 and 2020 for you, it, it kind of feels a little bit like a movie story to me, you know, yeah. how this went down. And I, I just love it, you know? Um, so, you know, in March of 2019, you know, you, you called it Operation Selfie, you know, and you, you'd been ingesting Gary Vee content, and I think it'd been making a big impact on you. And you're back in Dallas, and you had a, an opportunity to go see him at a conference. Can you walk us through what happened? Yeah, for sure. So, so I was at geocaching in Seattle for a year and a half. Good time, great company, but it just, you know, I, I didn't, I knew that I didn't want to work in HR anymore. I was just over it. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I figured, hey, I should probably move back to my hometown of Dallas just to be closer to the parents for a little bit and let me figure out this next move. And, you know, during this time, when I, it took me about a month to move from Seattle to Dallas. But in this moment, I, you know, I don't think I've shared this before, but I was applying to like internships for marketing. I was like, I literally, I, I was hitting up all my friends that were in marketing. I was hitting up all my friends that, that were recruiters in Dallas companies just saying, hey, I see this intern role. Like, I really want it. I'll work for free. I'll stay at my parents' place. And I'm not even joking. Everyone rejected me because I just was like either, I don't know, it just, it just seemed weird that some guy that spent seven years in HR making decent money now is going to want to start over with, with nothing. But I was so pumped because I just wanted to taste something like community management. But long story short, moved to Dallas, to your point, I got a, another HR job, uh, this time at Dollar General. And uh, I moved to Dallas and literally like the first day I got here, I think I saw that Gary posted he was going to be in Dallas, really close to me. That's so cool. In like two weeks. Right. Yeah. So so I looked at the ticket. He was speaking at like a, a wholesale retail or reselling event, like real estate event. And uh, I looked at it and he was one of the speakers for the four four days of this event. It was a pretty pricey event because it's like real estate. It's four days. Um, and I couldn't afford it. So I reached out to one of the, I reached out to May. May's ended up being my manager. And I reached out to May on Team Gary, who I've been working really closely with on this Facebook group and for the last year. And I reached out to her. I'm like, hey, um, you know, Gary's speaking in town near me. I, I will do anything. I will be serving food. I'll do whatever it takes. I just want to go there and just see him speak. And she uh, was able to hook me up with a, a ticket to the event. That's so cool. <laughs> That's really great. So, so you went and, uh, you know, you got to tell us the story because I, I'm not sure a lot of people have dug into it. You know, I saw your, the thing that got me interested in you is I, you're the only person that has a LinkedIn profile that made me laugh out loud for a <laughs> while. And it, you know, if, if everyone hasn't seen it, there's some, the, the thing you, the way you listed your work history, you know, everyone's very like concerned and very earnest about how they, they list what they've done and accomplished. And I'm got, I was just glancing through yours cause I've been following you and you know, it was like 2016. I did this 2017. I did this 2018. I ate a lot of Chipotle. It was kind of great. <laughs> And I've never, I mean, in my life, that that element of cleverness and surprise and just the, the casual confidence of that, just charm, just, man, I love that. Like, we need more of that in the world, you know, just that sort of relaxed confidence about what we do. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I think, I think you know, and I know that's not the point of it, but 
I think LinkedIn can get a little too serious sometimes. Yeah. I, I treat it the same way I treat any other platforms in terms of my tone or language. I mean, I'm I'm Zane on every platform. I'm not I'm not professional Zane here. I'm I'm the same guy on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and so I, I keep the the language pretty pretty much the same. Yeah, that's smart. I think a lot of people don't know to do that, or they're uncomfortable doing it, or they think it's wrong. You know, and that that's something I've learned from you guys by watching Gary V and watching your content is, you know. You're, everybody's not going to connect with you, but just be yourself. Just be who you are. That's so true, man. So tell me about what went down in Operation Selfie, because that story is amazing. So you go there, you, you know, you get a ticket, and and I think your goal was actually just to get a selfie with Gary Vee. I think that would be my goal if I, I went to a conference and saw him live. Yeah, man. So it was this real estate conference, um, and, and, you know, I didn't know what to expect. So so it was a real estate conference. I just wanted to see Gary speak. I have no interest in real estate. Uh, and and so the day of it finally rolls around i'm excited and the morning of uh to dress up to this event because i don't know what what it's going to be like i wear uh i think i wore like a white plain white t-shirt with some like coffee stain or diet coke stain on it uh some like ripped pants like a hoodie just wore whatever i could yeah, right, that, I love felt, that felt me and, and i got to the event it's all suits like everyone's down because i didn't realize I'm like oh my god it's a real estate event everyone's dressed up like a real estate agent uh Good job. And so I was like sticking out like a sore thumb. And uh, I got there at 7 a.m. because I didn't know when Gary was going to speak. He was speaking at 3 p.m. And to your point, I called it Operation Selfie because I only had two goals at this event. My two goals were one, to see Gary speak, pretty, pretty easy. Uh, and then two, get a selfie with Gary. That is it. If I can do those two things, it's a successful day. It's 100% successful. Uh, and so at this event, I'm just meeting people. I have you know many hours to kill. And at noon, three hours before Gary uh, speaks, I run into Gary in the hotel lobby. And so oddly, this is the I still haven't talked to him about this because it was the weirdest. He, he walked in. I'm at the hotel lobby just just checking my phone. And I look up and Gary walks in. He's on the phone, but there's no like there's no one else with him. And I don't know where he's going, but I, I have my Gary shoes on, like the shoes he released a couple of years ago and I'm pointing at them while he's on the phone to get his attention. He sees it, he smiles and gestures me to follow him. So I'm now following Gary. He's on the phone. And then for some That's reason so he walked the yeah and for some reason he walked to the ATM machine. So he's like he, he's getting cash for some reason. I don't know why. And to this day I still don't know why. And uh, he goes to the ATM. I'm right behind him. He gets off the phone and I'm so excited and I don't know what I said. I still don't remember, but it, it was just gibberish. And I, think I mentioned I was a moderator, but probably had no idea what I was talking about. I was just saying whatever came to mind, but I got a selfie. Right. And then he walked away and I couldn't believe it because I met Gary and got a selfie. My two things, my two goals before he, before he ever spoke on stage, like I won. Yeah. And I figured the day was not going to get any cooler. And the, the, the energy of that five minute interaction carried me for the next couple of hours until it was keynote time. So now it's keynote time. Gary comes on stage. I, have a, I am sitting at a table really close to the stage. And as soon as Gary comes on, he says, hey, this is going to be a Q&A. So there's two microphones positioned here. If you want to ask me a question, go line up now. And so like everyone else that started running towards the microphone, I was maybe six people deep. Um, I had no idea what I was going to say or, or ask or talk about, but I knew I wanted a chance. And so um, I'm waiting for my turn. Everyone's going. Slowly, it's getting closer. I still have no idea what I'm going to do. And finally, it's my turn. And so I roll up to the microphone, and uh, I'm really nervous because I still don't know what I'm going to say. And uh, as I walk up to the microphone, Gary says, hey, it was really cool getting to meet you at the ATM earlier. 
And the fact that he remembered me, I guess I didn't expect that. For whatever reason, right when he said that, all my anxiety just vanished. And uh, I just started talking. Um, I told Gary, you know, hey, my name is Zane. Uh, I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, I've got, I read all your books. I've got all, I, I'm, I'm subscribed to Empathy Wines. And, um, and I was just telling, and I'm a moderator for your first aligned community. And uh, I love CMing. And I, and I was just talking. I don't remember all of it. And it's recorded somewhere. I, I saw it a couple months ago. But I told him, like, you know, the biggest thing is I just feel like I owe you for making me a better human being. So thank you. And then he jumped in. I was like, hey, long story short, he basically he was saying, like, you don't owe me anything, but thank you. And then I jumped in and I told him more of my story about how, you know, in Seattle, I was living with five roommates to save money. Um, it's a whole another thing we didn't even cover, but I was telling him about my life. And uh, he got so pumped. He was like, five roommates. And you could tell he had a little yeah. you know, thing in his eye. And so then he jumped back into the conversation and we were going back and forth for like five minutes. And as we're doing this, the whole, you know, all the, the audience is watching. Yeah, right. So at the very end, uh, I, I decided to tell Gary my dream. So he was taught, he jumped back in and then finally there was a small pause. And I said, and that, and then that's the moment you see in my, in the video where I say, Hey, you know, Gary, my dream, like my ultimate dream is to be on team Gary B doing community management. And he jumps in and says, um, do you want to move to New York? And I said, yes, right away. And he said, cool, let's do it. And I was hired on the spot. Yeah. It was, you know, you've seen the video, but I'll, I couldn't believe it. I, I just couldn't believe that interaction happened. And, you know, everyone around me is freaking out. Some guy threw his chair in the air. Uh, it was crazy. And, you know, there's this like gong uh, next to the stage where people throughout this event were hitting it every time they got a cool real estate deal. So I went up there, started hitting that. It was the most adrenaline I've ever felt in my life. And, um, and, and at the very end, I go up on stage. Gary said, hey, email me. I'll, I'll make it happen. And uh, sure enough, that same night I emailed him saying, hey, thanks so much. Here's who I am. And uh, the next morning, um, the team was on there and we were chatting. And, you know, about two, three weeks later, we locked it in. And in August, so about five months later, um, I moved to New York as a community resident for the team. That is the coolest story. I've seen the video clip and, you know, I read your write up on it. You did an article on LinkedIn about it. And I have to say, like, there's so much to learn from that for people who are, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what, what job you have, like just the, the way you put yourself in the position and took some risks, like even getting up and getting in the line to ask the question. I think there's a lot of time in life where people stop themselves from doing things like that. Like, what if I get embarrassed? What if I say the wrong thing? So you, I think you just kept making your own luck all the way through that. Yeah. And to your point, I, you know, since then people have been like, what, you know, what made you do that? Or how'd you do it? And, and I think like, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on stuff like this, but for me, it's always the risk and reward. And it's like, what's the risk? Like, let's say I went up there and the worst scenario could have been, I could have done my thing. He would have been like, Hey, not now. We're just not hiring. Kindly turn me down. And then maybe a hundred strangers would have snickered and then we would have moved on. But the upside was like, your life can change. And that's what happened. And so when the upside is so high, like I really feel like you owe it to yourself to go for it because you're going to regret not doing it. And um, that, that's kind of, you know, whether it's college, whether it's Amazon, you know, debating if I should quit or not or, or anything else in my life. I'll, that's how I always think about it is, hey, what's the risk and reward? And, and if the reward is so much higher than the risk, you have to go for it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think you miss 100% of the opportunities you don't ask for, you know, and just asking, just saying, you know, it, it's a vulnerable position, you know, because if you do it publicly like you did, 
you know, you could have a moment of like, you know, feeling embarrassed, blushing. It could be uncomfortable. You know, for some people that's terrifying. Other times it could be just a direct rejection. Like, sorry, no, I don't need that. But honestly, like, uh, like you, I've gone through my life at just moments, just being like, Hey, we want to work with you and here's why. And I like you and I believe in you. And if you, it's a risk, you know, you have to take a personal risk and say, here's who I am and here's what I want. And it's, and it isn't selling. It's just being a human being. Yeah. And the cool thing is it's out of your control too. Like, you know, once you do it, once you say, here's who I am, here's my, here's my want. Once you've done it, then it's out of your control. Like you don't, you know, you don't have control over all the other factors that are going to influence the outcome. So for me, that actually makes it better. And I also think it's one of those things where you can't fake the genuine nature of that. It's not a technique. You, you know, I've worked with a lot of CEOs and a lot of different leaders. And there's some of them that I've just really connected with, like on a personal level, we're working together and I see a glint in their eye where I'm like, wow, this CEO is kind of a smart ass, you know, <laughs> and I'll, I'll joke at a po- no moment that no one else would. And, you know, we'll make eye contact and then we start a friendship. And then eventually one of the things I've always done is that if I like somebody and I'm having a good time working with them, I'll just tell them that. And I think there isn't enough of that. It's like, you have to take a risk and tell people, Hey, I like you. This is cool. You know, it doesn't, I'm not trying to make a sale. I actually just like you as a person and you know, it's just good energy. And I kind of feel like if you bring that energy to other people, it comes back to you. You know, it's kind of an abundance thing. It's so important and it's so simple. It is, isn't it? Like, so good for you, man. That's why you're, I found your story. So just kind of like just made my faith in humanity go way up. And, you know, at a good moment during the pandemic, when I wrote it, when I read it and uh, wrote you about it. And, uh, it's just really like a great thing. I think everyone can learn from is, you know, take a risk, talk to people, say what you want, you know, don't be pushy, don't be obnoxious, but that is such a cool story and congratulations. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. It happened, you know, March of 2019. So it's been a little over two years now. And, um, you know, it's crazy. It feels like it's been a lot longer because team Gary two years is like five, Uh, but, but it's awesome, man. And it's, yeah, I'm just, you know, super thankful for, for Gary for giving me the chance, obviously. And, you know, from there, it's just been a wild ride. I've learned so much in the last two years and all I the bet. different things I've had to do. Yeah. So what's your, well, that that's a perfect segue to the next section where I just want to talk to you about what you do. And we kind of like, your story is amazing, but I, you know, you weren't in marketing, you weren't in social media. And now I think you went from not being in that to being someone that knows a ton about it and has a lot to say and, and really does an incredible job in that space. So what's the culture like for you at Team Gary V? Because, you know, there's so much learning and I bet there's so much teamwork and sharing. What's that like? Man, it, Team Gary's, it, it's a beast. I mean, there's there's just so much, you know, for, for Gary's, so Team Gary is the, you know, we're the team that makes all the, the content for Gary's personal brand. So across all platforms, any, written audio video anything you see that comes from team gary um and it's it's a lot i mean it's it's high volume right gary is is the personal brand that is the highest volume of content that that's for anyone like him so you know, we produce we produce five to six hundred pieces of content a week across all his platforms um that that's a lot for one person <laughs> that is um, and so it's awesome and look i think you know it's a lot of hard work but it's it's a very creative inclusive um, inspiring a place to work. Um, and there's just a lot of safety. And what I mean by safety is, you know, it, the, the culture comes from the top and, and Gary really values 
uh, intent. Um, you know, at last year, 2020, for example, I was a platform strategy producer specifically for Gary's Instagram. So I was running, I was, you know, getting to manage all the amazing creators who are producing the video and, and images that are being posted on Gary's Instagram, working very closely with Gary. And, and I made a lot of mistakes because we're moving so fast, it happens. And I remember in one particular instance, uh, there was a video that we posted on Gary's um, Instagram. Obviously, he sees all the content. He gives the copy like it's all him. Um, but so so he missed the error, too. But um, I made a big error in one of the videos where I posted the wrong date, but the date really mattered for this video. And immediately all the comments were talking about this miss. I was like, oh, God, I messed up. And Gary in, in, could not have cared less. He like responded back to people jokingly um, how much he still loves the team. And that's when I was like, oh, yeah, like Gary just really values intent. He knows we're working hard. He knows we're doing the best we can. Um, it's a really amazing place to work, man. I think um, it, everyone is in, everyone is highly, highly encouraged to just ideate and make and, and figure out. Like Gary says it. I'm going to butcher it. But he says, like, it's about finding right, not being right. And we find right by producing a lot of content and then seeing what works and doesn't work. So it's awesome, man. It's, it's high volume. It's a lot of it's a lot of work, but I've I've learned more here in the last two years almost of being here than I did my entire career before this, and, it, and I love it every day. Yeah, I mean iteration and working on that scale, you're gonna learn. I mean, you learn by doing more than you learn by reading or studying, and you know, learning with live ammunition. Ammunition, sure, there's a risk in it, but obviously, he saw something in you, and the team saw something in you that you're like, you're up for it. You know, yeah, and that kind of support where you know it's it's about intent. You know, we're we're like the smallest version of what you guys do, but we we, op, we have a lot in common in that it is about intent. It's about taking care of each other while we're doing this work, and you know, not having this huge like top down authoritarian place to work. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the thing that always charmed me about the brand you work for, and to this day why I enjoy it, and I, I I'm not sure how many people notice this. But even Gary Vee's like the first thing that goes in all the content that you guys put out is the word love and happy. Yeah. Like, don't you want to be happy? Like that, when you really think about the space he's in, he's always talking about being nice to others, being human, treating each other with respect, caring, getting out there and doing it and believing in yourself. Yeah. He's like the most positive guy, you know? And like, sometimes you see people, you'll see detractors and I'm like, you're not listening. Yeah, it's it's easy to take anything out of context, but especially easy to take. I feel like Gary out of context sure. sometimes because yeah. his energy and yeah. you know language he uses. But to your point, if you take a step back and you watch the full moment, its entirety, and really try to understand what he's saying, like it's all really good stuff. It, but I also understand, you know, to, to your point, I know I have some friends even that like I don't know his his energy or just, I heard him say something once. I'm like, just here, here's an amazing, here's a video to watch right now where you can really get a sense of who he is and to watch it. And they're like, oh, okay. Like there's nothing wrong with this at all. And so I think it's just also how people discover and what moment they see, you know, I think it happens, especially with short form video nowadays, right? Like becoming more and more popular, like TikTok. Um, you, you know, you only have a certain very small, finite amount of time to get your thoughts across um, the right way. So it's the best place I've ever worked, man, by That's far. Great. There's nothing else like it. Yeah, I'm super happy for you. And I love the thing that you and your team put out. Like, please compliment everyone you work with because I'm a consumer of this content every day and I absolutely love it, you know? And Gary, and Gary V is like, you know, his language, the way he, he'll, I think he pays people the compliment of being very blunt. And that's a rare quality now today. 
you know? And sure, he'll use like some salty language or he'll say something, but his intent is always mm -hmm. kind. I've never seen that guy. I, I can't think of one clip where he was mean. Yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing. And I don't, you know, I know we might be jumping topics, but like, you know, coming in, obviously as a huge Gary fan to team Gary, that was interesting. Cause I was like, well, I think I know what it's like, but what is it really like? Yeah, right? right. And I think like humans are, I think Gary said it once, but it's like humans are naturally kind of cynics. Like, like they are really, really skeptical about things. So I, I wasn't skeptical, but I was curious, like, is it really as magical as I think it's going to be? Or what is it going to be like? And so I remember, you know, I came into Team Gary with that mindset of just openness and curiosity. And, you know, Gary, dude, Gary is exactly who he is in his content, which is interesting, right? Because with content, you can chop it up to be whoever you want. Gary's exactly who, who he is in the content. Um, I remember my first day. So, so I was in the office when I, when I got there in August of 2019, when I started there. Uh, Gary, I think was on vacation at this time. He took a couple weeks off. And so my first two weeks were without Gary. I was with the team making content, doing things, learning. And then two weeks in, he came back to the office and his first day back in the office, um, I'm, I go up to, I'm in the building. I go to the elevator to go to our floor. And as soon as the elevator opens, it's Gary with uh, one of our VPs at Vayner. And so it's me, Gary, and this VP. Gary has not seen me since he hired me five months ago in Dallas. So I do not expect Gary to remember me or know anything about me. The elevator closes, he takes off his AirPods and he looks directly at me, no joke. He looks directly at me in my eye and says, so Zane, how's your first two weeks going? That's so cool. I was like, I was, yeah, and he, he knew how long I'd been here, who I am, what I do. And then sure enough, we had a one-on-one -on -one shortly after that. And he was exactly who who you know I thought he would be through consuming his content over the years, which was so cool to see. And you know, even working closely with him on right now with be friends and all sorts of other stuff. Like he's exactly the person you see in the content, which is really cool. I think it comes through. Honestly, I would have assumed that, you know, I remember when he was doing the thing where he was showing people like, Hey, if you want to hustle and do something, try, try this yard sailing, you know, try going out to a yard sale. And I just thought it was kind of an aside and it's a cool thing he was showing people to do. And I remember these cynical comments of like, Oh, what are you going to do? Try to sell us a program on how to do a yard sale or, you know, and I was like, <laughs> dude, he's just sharing a thing he does. Cause this is the guy he is. And he just, yeah, and he, loves it. he just enjoys doing this. Like everyone has stuff they enjoy and that's cool. So, so I, you actually naturally segued to a question I wanted to ask you, what do you think makes you feel the most inspired and your, and be your best self at work? I think, uh, that's a good question. I think for me, it's just when it's, it's when I see it, when I come up with an idea, I create some sort of version of it, whether it's the final version or the, the sketch to run by a couple of other people if it's a bigger idea. And then like just the process of start to end. And when you see it at the end, it go up. That just feels really good to me. Um, you know, I got more of that on Instagram when I was Gary's platform manager for that platform in particular. Because for example, one of the best feelings in the world was um, the Social Dilemma movie on Netflix that just came out, that documentary about how social media influences you and in mostly negative way, but there's positive things, all that kind of stuff. And I knew it was ranking number two on Netflix. It was a big topic. Everyone was talking about it was Twitter trending. And uh, I, I found this old 2016 video of Gary on, I think it was on Fox News or something, but he got really um, into that same topic with one of the hosts. And it was like really uh, intense. And I'm like, well, this topic is trending. I love this clip of Gary for three minutes. Let's let's make something from this clip. And so me and the video creator, we came up with this title, the perfect hook, and we was our hypothesis. We put it out there, and it was the top performing video for uh, Gary's IG for 2020. That felt great, 
to, to go from the process of, hey, I have a weird idea, here's why, hey, work on this together, post it, it crushes, that feels really good. Um, but also what feels really good to that same point, it's not always the content that does destroy, that feels really good, but also, even when we make any piece of content that even if it doesn't do well, reading the comments is my favorite. And, you know, we get so many amazing, heartwarming comments about how the one piece of content that even though it didn't reach as high, it helps someone, you know, with a problem they're struggling with, that feels really good. So I think it's just, you know, getting the energy of the end users that we're creating for the community and, and just even seeing how it's impacting them at a smaller level, even for a video or picture that doesn't do super well it still feels really, really good. So I spent a lot of time in the comments reading how it's impacting people. Good for you. I mean, that kind of goes back to being a connector with people, you know, mm. and wanting to like feel what they're going through. And, and I think you're, you're a very empathic person and you, you know, you probably just really enjoy seeing the effect this content's having. I actually remember that post. And I also remember, you know, I look at comments that are in a lot of your all's posts and I've felt this myself basically what you, what you all do is encourage people. You know, I think you're basically just out there getting people to root for themselves and it's incredibly positive. And I mean, it's affected me, you know, you're, you're on this podcast and I wouldn't have done this podcast if it wasn't for you guys. Whoa, that's crazy. So thank you for that. You know, <laughs> it's an idea I always had, but I was always too busy with client work and I was always making excuses why I wouldn't do it. I love talking to people and I like talking to people about what they do and what they care about. And mm. so I'm just doing it and we're going to keep doing it. We've made a pretty big commitment to it, but I'm doing it because of all the content you guys put out that just finally, finally broke through my busyness and was like, you know what? I care about this. I'm doing it. You know? So thank you guys for that. No, of course. It's, I mean, that, that's the thing Gary always says, right? Like he puts out messages to encourage people because he, one, he just doesn't know which message is going to hit you the right way at the time of day. But two, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's you and other people who are taking the actions you take, you know, like when I in Seattle, I, because I listened to Gary about frugality, I moved into um, a house with five roommates, just so I could save more money and not be paycheck to paycheck. Um, you know, Gary told me to do that, like with his advice about frugality, but I'm the one who did it. And so I think, you know, going back to your point, it's, it's you who took the initiative and the action to, to make it happen. Right. It's just nice to have a community of people who are all encouraging each other. It's a nice thing to see in today's world. You know, I love it. So you work in community management and social media every day. Is there any myths about community management or especially social media that you'd like to take the opportunity to debunk? <laughs> I don't know myths, um, I, but I will say, I think um, I, see a lot of, I see a lot of people posting about the negative impacts of social. Um, and, and I get where they're coming from. You know, even watching the movie Social Dilemma that I mentioned earlier, I get the points they're making, but I think it's also very easy to forget all the amazing things that happen because of social media every day, the connections that are made, the communities that are built. You know, I when I moved from it, after Texas, when I graduated and moved around the country for Amazon and geocaching and all these other things, I didn't know at any anyone at any of those locations, but I met amazing friends right away because of subreddits that were about that certain area and that I did meetups. Um, you know, I, I would... I know so many people in our Discord right now, uh, the VFriends Discord, that are meeting each other in person in real life that are like getting vaccinated now and meeting up with each other. People are like helping each other with different tasks. Like people are coming together. And I think there's just a lot of positivity and good that happens on the internet that in social media in particular that is overseen easily because of other reasons. So 
I don't know. I just think that, and I'm curious what your thoughts are too, but for me, I just think that I always just see a lot more good than bad there. And because I spent a lot of my time seeing the connections that are being built in real life from it. Good for you. I think that's probably, you know, that's probably how you look at life. And it's the way I look at life too. And I think there is a ton of negativity on the internet, of course, and there's a ton of negativity in real life, probably the same amount. And, you know, but the fact that there's tons of people connecting for real and tons of positive communities, it's just, if the media is going to talk about something, they're not going to talk about the positive communities. Yeah. They're going to talk about the ones, the problems that social media is causing that are very real, or they're going to talk about the negative things that happens with Twitter or Facebook or something, which are very real, but they're never going to put the focus on stuff like what you all do. Or I would, you know, if people didn't connect online, you and I wouldn't be talking right now. It's a very small example but it's very cool, you know? So, and I think, you know, when you really think about it and you, if you really dug into the positive and the negative of it, I, I honestly think there's more positive than negative. It's just the people don't focus that way, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, and I don't know about myth, but again, I just, I always go to the positive. I think, I think anytime I talk to other people that talk about the negatives, I'm like, you're right, that, that is happening, but look at all these other amazing things that are taking place. Um, you know, because because of social media and the connections, you know, with, yeah, the charities that happened last year, with, you know, during COVID, all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know, I just choose to see that a lot more. And, and I think that's why I love social media is because I, I value all those connections being made and I get to be a part of it. Yeah. And I think it's a, it, if people didn't care and people didn't see it that way, there would be more negativity. So, keep it up, man. That's pretty cool. Um, so, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, you know, uh, since this podcast is kind of business oriented, we, you know, are obviously this will be on LinkedIn more than it would be on Facebook or maybe, you know, another platform, but you, you spent a lot of time on LinkedIn. I know you've, you've worked on LinkedIn for, you know, for team Gary V, I believe. Yeah. What advice would you give people about LinkedIn? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, a couple of things come to mind right away. I think one we touched on earlier is I think there's a lot of people that for whatever reason, I don't know why it's like they're, they can be the most normal chill person on Instagram, Twitter, but when they go to LinkedIn, suddenly they feel this weird pressure to, to be different, to be all, all uptight in some ways and, and not be themselves. And, you know, I think a lot of that's because they're connected with their managers and there's that whole relationship aspect. But one, I think, I think just being yourself there is, is such an easy thing to do because you just get to be yourself. So I would, I would not, one, I would not feel too pressured to feel like you have to be a suit and tie type of person if that's not who you are. I see that a lot. Um, I think two, just creating content. I think, you know, right now, the organic reach has gotten down, um, at least on my end, I've seen it go down because I started posting on there way back in the day in 2017. But um, it's still really good. I mean, if you compare to Instagram or Facebook or, or anything like that, other than TikTok, I mean, it's it's the, uh, the best place to do it right now, it feels like. So, you know, I would definitely take advantage of if there is a trying to, a special message you're trying to get across, but you're like, hey, I'm going to wait till I get the perfect webcam or wait till I get the perfect microphone in five months. Five months, you can still do that in five months, but I would start now so you can start taking advantage of it and really building. Um, and then three, and this is way more tactical, uh, but I've noticed that uh, images in particular do super well. And I think um, vertical images are, are a good way to go because I was, I was, I heard, um, I heard someone on LinkedIn's team on Clubhouse the other day say, everyone should think, think about creating contents only for mobile because most LinkedIn users that are active and, and engaging are mobile based. And um, even for me, anytime I do an image that's more vertical, it just takes up more real estate on your phone screen. So people are more likely to consume it. So 
there's a little hack there that that's been working for team Gary, but also me. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is just being yourself, not, not feeling like you're pressured to be in a, a too professional, if you will, um, and just creating content and, and putting it out there and just seeing what works or doesn't work. I think a lot of people for all platforms just get too stuck in the, Hey, like the weird planning phase. And, you know, to your, like, like what we mentioned earlier with team Gary's because we just do so much volume of creative, we find out what works. Um, by doing it, by getting the reps in. Similar for your own personal brand or anything you're doing. You just need to put in the reps and uh, get learnings that way. Yeah, that's great advice, man. Thank you for that. I think people will find that really, really helpful. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because even when I first was on LinkedIn, I, I sort of had LinkedIn stage, right, because I'm a business person and I'm president of a company. And you have this weird like, well, I should be formal or I should be the president of this company. And because of you all and consuming your content, I've actually gotten way more com comfortable just being myself, you know? And it's like, I'll be me on one platform, I'll be me on another. It's something I'm still working on. But it's like, there's a, uh, the, the content that I really enjoy, whether it's a Jay Harrington or you guys or whoever it is, is people who are a little bit vulnerable and they make analogies to their life and they're just out there being nice people, you know, and helping others. And it's cool. Yeah. It's like in real life, right? It's, it's, you know, if you're meeting a person, even in a professional setting in real life, you're not going to get all, you know, you're right. Like you're not going to get, you're not going to be totally different. In fact, the more chill and the more who, you know, being yourself and, and authentic that you can be, the more, the more better the connections will be. And so it's the same thing there. I think I, now I think the content I post there is a little different usually, but it's still the same tone. It's still coming from the same person. Um, yeah. I, I see it the same way as like in real life. Yeah. That's so cool. What piece of advice were you given that comes to mind that you think has really stuck with you? I think uh, I was trying to think of another example. But the, only, the first one that popped up right away was actually when I first sit down with Gary. Yeah, uh, it was. I was think I was like one month in on Team Gary. So it was like September of 2019. And uh, one thing I was talking to him about was just like how everything is a priority on Team Gary. Like, like it's like everything's a hundred. How do you, how do you, I ask Gary, I'm like, in your life in particular, you, you're, I can't even imagine how you do it all. So what advice do you have to feel okay about managing everything? Uh, and he told me, and he's mentioned this on some content, but it really hit when he told me it in person. He said, Zane, it's like, it's like juggling, you know, 50 different plates. If, if 10 fall every day, you're still juggling 40, 40 is better than zero. That, that 40 is great. And so he's like, you know, you are going to have to drop a couple of things. Just be really strategic about what they are. But just remember, you're not perfect. Things are going to drop. Okay. Uh, and depending on what they are, just over communicate and it's going to be cool. And just hearing that from the top down made me feel really comfortable. And, and that's what I've really stuck with during my time on Team Gary because I've gotten so many more projects, so many more different pieces of content I have to make at certain times. Like it gets really, really busy. Um, and, and there's a lot of times where I can't do it all. And, and that, and knowing that Gary has told me that advice, it sticks with me. I know it's okay that I can't get to everything and I just plan accordingly. And that makes me feel like I'm just in more control of my day to day. And so, yeah, that, that's been a big one. I know it was only two years ago, but it's really helped me at least through, through team Gary. Yeah. Good for you, man. Cause I, you know, the amount you guys do, I'm sure that's a great attitude to approach it with. So recently you got a promotion and you're now the community manager for V friends. And V friends and the NFT push that you guys did, which I love. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? I know we, we don't have a ton of time left because I don't want to take your entire afternoon, but it's pretty fascinating. And I bet you had to learn a ton really quickly. Yeah. I, I mean, so 
to your point, uh, a couple about maybe two, three months ago, you know, VFriends was going to be a thing. I knew about it right before. Uh, maybe a month and a half, two months before it launched, that Gary was d drawing all these characters. He was talking about NFTs a lot before then, so I was already starting to research a little bit, uh, joining every clubhouse room I could just to understand what it was. And then, um, yeah, and then a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was tapped to be the head of community for uh, VFriends, which is exciting, but at the same time, it's, it's a little crazy because I don't know much about NFTs or blockchain or crypto. I know very little. And so I learned a lot in the last few weeks. I've learned so much in just the last week um and uh, it's really exciting man it's um you know I, i've been spending a lot of my time learning uh through clubhouse rooms through articles online watching a lot of youtube videos and listening to podcasts um about this new thing and, and we touched on it earlier but discord's been a whole nother beast so yeah, you know, we, for our yeah for our um be friends project we launched discord uh about two weeks before we launched the project uh it was i still remember it was uh april 28th and uh, we, it was like 9 p.m. And Gary and all of us, we Gary put out the link to the, this new public Discord at 9 p.m. And all these people started joining. And I, my guess, my, this is just my personal guess. I thought we were going to have, you know, maybe 50, 60,000 people in the first week, which is a lot. Like mm -hmm. first seven days, right? That's a big community. That would be. Uh, by the end of the first week, we had 131,000 Holy people. crap. So I, I don't know much about Discord. It's a brand new app to me. I've played with a little bit, but not much. Now I've got 131,000 people in the first week that I have to figure out not only how to manage Discord, but how to manage the, in the best way all these people. Um, and it was a it was a big learning curve, man, but it was fun. Like, you know, I, I was talking to like my friend about, one of my good friends about it recently, explaining everything. And he's like, dude, that sounds horrible. And I was like, no, no, you don't get it. It was the most fun I've ever had in my career because I, I was forced. I was forced to learn things. Uh, and figure it out. And yes, there were moments where it was stressful and there were these tight deadlines. Yes, but in the macro, it was so much fun. And, you know, I, I get to learn brand new skills. I, I, now I'm, I know more about Discord than anyone else that I personally know. I've been learning Discord bots. Um, I, I had, you know, one of the first things I did was onboard 20 moderators that were the most active members in our, our chat. So, you know, just built out this little community and it's been so much fun and it's such a strong community tool anyway. So it's great for me to learn that. So yeah, man, it, it's been a wild couple of weeks learning all the discord community, but it's also been the most fun. I feel like I'm really growing a ton and that's the best feeling. Yeah. Good for you. And you know, it's kind of full circle for you too, getting the, getting the moderator set up 20 moderators on discord kind of, kind of goes back to those Facebook days a few years ago. It's, it's so funny. It's such a, it's such a full circle moment. Like, I'm going to hit my two-year, my official two-year anniversary on the team uh, in two months in August. And it's cool to look back and see all the different things that have happened even since August of 2019 when I joined the team that have led to the moment. And yeah, man, it's fun. I love, I, it's just so much fun, like actually getting to manage this amazing community. Everyone's so supportive and positive. I mean, now we're 150,000 people strong, but like it's 99.9999% positive and supportive great. and great. I'm on there. I've not been very active yet because I, I joined right before I went on vacation and I'm trying to figure out Discord and I feel like I'm just a monkey trying to drive a car right now. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it looks a little funny at first if you're not used to it, but spend a little bit of time in there and I think really quickly you'll pick up on it. It's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, you guys have gotten me into NFTs and I have my MetaMask wallet and all that stuff. So it's a lot of fun following you guys. I learn a lot. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. It's uh, been a ton of fun. You know, we our biggest thing early on, because we knew a lot of new people were coming into the space, 
uh, you might have seen, we created a lot of articles and videos and just like tutorials. Really helpful. To onboard people, yeah, to onboard people successfully. So by the time we launched, we were ready. You know, the people that wanted to purchase were ready. They had ETH in their wallet. They knew exactly how to go about it because of all the, the content we were putting out. It was very educational focused at first. Yeah, the one you guys just put out about OpenSea and how to go on the marketplace and buy NFTs there that people are now selling. That's very helpful too. Very cool stuff. Nice. Yeah. Love to hear that. Yeah, it's great stuff, man. So let me ask you like a final question or two and get you out of here because I know you've yeah. probably got about a million things to do, you know? And uh, so, you know, uh, I know you've, you've, you've been working professionally for just a few years and you've accomplished so much. But what today, what would you tell a version of your younger self, that guy back at UT? I'd say, uh, <laughs> I'd say keep listening to your gut instinct. You know, I, I, I do that a lot. That's I mean, that's why I left Amazon with no job. That's why I moved back to Dallas with no plans when I left geocaching. I always trust my instinct and I would just tell my younger self to keep doing that, keep doing more of that because, you know, whether it works or not, whether it leads to the outcome you want or not, at least you don't have regrets and you have the answer of whether it was worth it or not. And I think um, that's why I tell myself, just keep, just keep trusting your instinct and, and go for it. Good for you, man. I think that's a great message for everyone. You know, mm -hmm. trust your instincts, be brave, get out there, mix it up. So yeah, that's really risk cool. reward. Risk reward. Risk reward. I think you're going to be a very, very successful guy moving through, man. It's going to be fun to follow you and see what you're into. Cause it's some pretty, it's just been a blast so far for me. So final question for today. Um, I like to ask this for a few people, you know, this last year with COVID and everything, it's just insane. What a strange year. And you had a ton going on. So what was the highlight of this past year for you? What was the most positive thing? Oh man, that's a great question. I love that. Um, you know, what's funny is, although it was such a horrible year and you know, it, it's something we're all going to talk about forever. Um, there was, I think it's naturally think about positive stuff more. So even as you're saying that I'm like, yeah, it was a horrible, horrible year. And you know, but I think as long as, you know, looking back, I think for me, a big part of it, this is a macro, but like I, like a lot of people, COVID made me think about where I am, what I'm up to. And so you might've seen, like I was in New York working remotely because of COVID, like everyone else working remotely. And that's when I really started thinking, I'm like, hey, like, where do I really wanna be? I like New York, but I'm really here for the office. I don't like New York that much. Uh, I don't love it. And um, and I moved to Dallas a couple months ago, you know, I, because all of COVID, I was just thinking about what I wanna do, where I wanna be. And now I'm working remotely from, from Dallas, Texas. I've got a puppy, uh, which I've always wanted. You know, my girlfriend and I are living here to save money. and. It's awesome. So I think like in the, even though it's not a specific incident, it's just, I took a lot of time to really digest and think about who I am, what I'm, what I'm up to. Do I like what, where I'm living my, all my circumstances and okay, great. I don't cool. Like, where do I want to go and what do I want to do and taking control of that? So I'm, I'm really thankful in a weird way to COVID because it made me, it forced me to think about what I'm up to and, and really what I want to be doing and, and forced me to take more action. Good for you, man. Yeah, that's a great, mm -hmm. I, I love your answer. And, and honestly, you know, what came out of you taking stock like that is Peach, your puppy, <laughs> and the cutest dog I've ever seen in, in the world, you know? She's, uh, she's a lot of trouble, but she's great, man. I've always wanted a, a dog my, my whole life. And finally, you know, almost before 30 years old, I got one. I feel great. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty adorable. I have, a, I have a goofy dog myself named Ollie, and he's, he's pretty hilarious. But Peach is just like, if you, if you Google cute dog, her picture just comes up, you know? So, hey, man, thanks so much for doing this today. This was great. Thank you so much for, for the invite. This has been so much fun just jamming with you.